Welcome back to Everything Film, as Agency Click presents Everything Film with Film Robot. We're broadcasting from the Shark Club in downtown Vancouver. Joe Leary, along with Patrick Shelton of Everything Film and Film Robot. And uh, our guest is Alex Ponovic, who uh, we started talking about before the break, this new concept, this revolutionary concept, first of all, on a couple of fronts. The project is called Zero Contact. Mm-hmm. You star alongside Sir Anthony Hopkins, or mm-hmm. Tony as you now know him. Yeah. Uh, but it's, uh, it's a one-of-a-kind. First of all, you mentioned the whole, you did the whole thing via Zoom. Mm-hmm. This must have been a pain in the butt, but it, probably the end result was there. It was, it was an interesting thing just because like when Rick asked me to be a part of it, and I, I love the idea of being a part of it, and how, we, how were we going to do it? Because everyone's house was the set. So to have that being, you're in your house, and the, so the set designer, can you move that picture in the back? Can you put some more light in the background? And hey, can you wear a different shirt? Like we had as if we were actually shooting, but everyone was on the Zoom call. Uh, so we were getting notes and we were doing uh, the whole thing and then I had to set up the camera here and a couple of GoPros and and I had a buddy fly, uh, bl- buddy drive by my place and and fly his drone so we can have a drone shot it was just cool cool to do but we didn't have a we didn't have a permit because everything was shut down so at two o'clock in the morning we had to fly the drone to get the shot <laughs> oh wow so it was all these really interesting little things that we were going through in the audio like I remember doing this killer take and Rick saying cut and I go check and I forgot to hit record so it's like that's not my job never was my job before but now it's all my job so it made it really interesting that way so um, I'm guessing because it was all done via zoom did you have still have craft services yeah just me just me just me making peanut butter sandwiches (laughs) (laughs) so tell us about the storyline then in zero contact and then I want to dive into this NFT thing because and I don't expect you to be the you know a TED talk on it, but I just can't wrap my head around how unique this whole concept is. Yeah, um, I mean it's such a it's such a different idea of how to do a film. And again, this film is the very first film in the world to be go, uh, the, to be an NFT. So that alone is something that's um, like I, I was talking to a friend of mine. Like the very first tweet was sold as an NFT. And it went for like two hundred seventy thousand dollars. Like that's incredible. My 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 mind can't wrap my head around that kind of stuff. But I understand the the collector's idea of it. Um, but when we were shooting um, Zero Contact, it was none of that was even in in anyone's minds. We just wanted to get this show done and and be creative during it. And you know, Anthony Hopkins plays a guy named Finley Hart who who develops this quantum leap time machine. And and there's seven people in the world that he trusts and so he goes through some trials and tribulations and he sends a code to all these people that but we really don't know each other and we jump on a on a zoom all together to kind of talk to each other but we don't really trust each other and we're supposed to enter this code into all basically at the same time so the film takes us through the journey of of why we're, we're going to do it or why we won't do it well you know the with Anthony Hopkins as the lead, and he's in there, and you said you've worked with him before. Mm-hmm. How excited was that? Like, and he's getting on board. Was he on board for the like? I mean, obviously, he doesn't need the money, but he was like, was he on board from the NFT thing? Or that, no, he, or was, the, he was on. Like, what was it from? From my understandings, he was on board from the creative aspect of okay. it. Okay, because again, it was the pandemic, and he was keeping as safe as possible, but he still wanted to be creative. And you can't really shoot a movie during the pandemic unless you're approached to do a Zoom movie. And you, 
was approached by someone he worked with before. So it, the trust was there, the script was there, and the idea that Rick had, regardless if it was an NFT or not, we knew something big was going to happen just, just because Rick was involved. Um, and then the turn getting into the NFT uh, was something that we, you know, mostly everybody in the cast were like, what's an NFT? And now as we're slowly learning about it, very slowly learning about it, it's, uh, it's become this really extremely exciting venture. Can you hand walk us through, oh, in layman's man. terms, how would you begin to describe, uh, let's say I've just landed from another galaxy. Yeah. I'm just hearing this for the first time. Right. NFT, in, with respect to a film. What is the uniqueness of this? Because I mean, in reading Rick's comments, it sounds like this is on this is the ground floor of super cutting edge, mm -hmm. and yeah. it's only going to go more from here. Yeah, and and it's a different way for fans to interact, especially um, fans that are collectors to really interact with the film. Um, you know, non fungible tokens is the NFT, and mm -hmm. and the idea that you can own a film, that film specifically, like zero 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 one. And not only own that film, but you can have the special fe uh, special features and the behind the scenes. You know, there's we have we have ideas of um, things that are inside the film that you can own. And I think it comes from the idea of being a collector. It's a very um, it's a different source of owning a film. Um, and that to me is really interesting. Again, like I can't really wrap my head around it. And there's a lot more that I need to learn about NFTs. But the idea that Someone can own a film, the very first version of it, and it's it's trackable. It's 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 amongst the branch chains, that it's verifiable. That to me, I think, is exciting. Just like as if I was going to sell you an original painting, you're going to want to hold that True. on your wall. You and know. It, uh, what what my understanding was, and I, uh, when I was researching this in the NFT, is a LeBron James dunk sold for like what was it, two hundred and fifty thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah. From that specific angle. From that specific angle. So this person owns this, mm -hmm. and he can't just decide he's going to put it on TV. It's, 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 it's in the blockchain, it's and it's owned by him, which is sort of a way to um, get back like you the ownership of it. So let's say there's four of these. They decide to sell four, and that's it. It's limited edition, and there's no... And the only way you can transfer it is through a service and online where and, you, and selling so you it sell to other it. people, yeah. So you would sell it. So you would sell it for three hundred thousand right. and make a profit on this right. dunk and give it to someone else. So so these things will never be available in wide release that that Joe and Joanne average can view. I, I think that is happening. I don't know how it's happening, but I was talking to Rick the other day, and he said there's going to be a moment where we get it into um, where we get it into uh, the, the, the masses. But the, it's all about the originals and what you can own behind the originals. And I'm guessing that this has probably been in someone's, on someone's drawing board for a while. There's obviously got to be a starting point of everything. I remember the first car I had that was digital ready. Right. And they were saying that a day will come when you'll actually be able to see the artist, the title, and you can actually purchase while you're just driving around. Yeah. And it was hard to wrap your head around right. that how can things advance that much, but there's one thing technology has taught us. Don't rule out anything. No, not at all. Not at all. I mean, Jeff Bezos went to the moon. Like, yeah. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but it's, I mean, I love the idea that uh, we're a part of a film, a film that originated in Vancouver um, with Academy Award winner Anthony Hopkins, and it's the very first of its kind in the world. And I think that's one of the reasons why Anthony was really uh, excited about it is 
you know, he's 83 years old and he's on the cutting edge of mm -hmm. technology right now. And, you know, from generations to come, this could be the thing people are talking about. Well, you have worked with Sir Anthony before, or mm -hmm. Tony, as you know him. But uh, T-Bone. <laughs> T-Bone. <laughs> Take us back to the first time you met somebody of his caliber. And how does he interact with everybody on the, on the crew? And you mentioned earlier about some people treat people respectfully and other mm -hmm. people that you mentioned one that don't. But what is it like? What's the buzz on the set? Does that give that show legitimacy knowing that you've got that person in the cast? Oh, wow. I, I mean, I don't know if it's the legitimacy of it. I, it's just the idea that, you know, like you pinch yourself at the idea that somebody of his caliber is, is here and, and you're, in, you're in the same energy as him. So for me, you know, the first time he walked in, I, I remember that they were like, they were like, um, okay, so Anthony, Anthony's coming in to do the scene and I'm, it was my first day and I'm all nervous because he's, he's one of my idols. And I'm like, don't fangirl. Don't fangirl. Just don't fangirl. <laughs> don't fangirl. I like that one. And I'm just, I'm standing there and I, and I, somebody said, okay, Tony's entering the building and you can feel the air getting thicker. And I'm like, don't fangirl. I kind of <laughs> put my back to the, where the doorway was. And the AD goes, Alex, this is Tony. Tony, this is Alex. Um, he's, he's playing Scallop, doing the scene with him. And I did this. What's up? And I turned back <laughs> around. And I went, oh, man, you totally overplayed that. Nice. And then I had to tell him. I go, listen, I'm sorry. I'm just nervous. I, I love you guys. Oh, it's okay. Call me yeah. Tony. And then off we went. But you, there's no red carpet, no flurry <coughs> and trumpets. Ladies no. and gentlemen, Sir Anthony Hopkins no, on the show. No, none of that. None no. of that. And, and it was hilarious because we sat there. And he's a huge boxing fan. So we just started talking about boxing. And I couldn't believe how I'm, I'm looking into the blue eyes of the man that, yeah, you know, yeah. like that I was idolized and having this immense boxing conversation. And the AD is just waiting for a moment to interrupt us to take us, take us to set. And I'm like, don't screw this up. This is an amazing moment. It, but it, 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 uh, I'll ask you a question because yeah. if I was in your position, I, you know, and, and meeting people and all that, do you go right to like, the character that they represented like that's how you met them because that's how you know them right so like I would if I met Anthony Hopkins I'd go right to the obvious right right like, right. like Clarice right you know it's like, what, or yeah. Tom, Tom Hanks would be like what, what's hilarious is, right? is you know uh, Julia Stiles was on the film also and right? Julia was ob obviously a huge fan and because Tony was just so chill and fun and yeah. everything it opened up the opportunity for her to go, can you leave a voice message as Hannibal Lecter on my phone? <laughs> and he did. And she that's still awesome. has it to this day. Oh, that's And he left this, like, he even did the lava beat. <laughs> he did the whole thing. It was, it was awesome. It yeah. was awesome. It, it's, it's funny, Alex, because they say who they are. They say, you know, don't meet your heroes because you, you tend mm -hmm. to be disappointed. But a lot of times you do meet your heroes and they live up to expectation. Uh, I've heard stories when Henry Winkler was in town shooting Dead Man's Gun mm -hmm. and was regaling people on the set and everybody's going, oh my God, that's the Fonz. Could not have been a cooler guy. Yeah. I've, I've heard stories about where lead actors will actually audition their or auction off their per diem to, to the crew. Mm -hmm. you know, and you love hearing stories like that and then every once in a while there's that counter story but I'm sure the majority of your career you <coughs> rub shoulders and the experience when you walk away has been that was fun. Yeah, and I, and I think a lot of that has to do with what you bring to the set also. Like I, I love being a part of a team and being a part of a set and, and you can work through any, any trials and tribulations through kindness and compassion and make things happen and if you go in there with that attitude most of the time you're gonna you're gonna get it back and 
And that's what I love to exude when I see the people that I look up to doing that. It just reaffirms how I want to live in this world even even that much more. So the, the person I mentioned before was not something that I wanted mm -hmm. to yeah. learn and, and live my life through. And thank God that he wasn't there when I was younger because it could have been something that I went, oh, I guess that's how you do it in the business. Right, right. So, so the uh, Zero Contact, yeah. uh, this is a pretty exciting project, mm -hmm. but again, you're a busy, steadily working actor. What's, what's next? Um, well, I'm shooting this top secret show that I leave on Friday for in, to Atlanta that I can't say or else I get sued, okay. but I cannot wait okay. for people to see it. And um, working on a few few other indies right now. And uh, yeah, just, just, and we got some great news coming up with um, the whole zero contact stuff. So it's, it's really good. So when are we going to see you uh, tracking bad guys then? I mean, you've done everything else. You said you've always been the bad guy. <coughs> when do you get to pursue the bad guy? Well, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully soon. But we, we're, we're, uh, we just got picked up for season four of Snowpiercer. And that's a show that I absolutely love being a part of. Um, it's one of those shows to me that, you know, it, 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 it's, uh, it's a mirror to society as the train kind of rolls through. And, and I love my character in the, in the, in the, in the, you know, um, Stephen Ogg and, and Michael O'Malley and all these amazing people, Jennifer Conley, David Diggs. So I, I'm really ha happy that uh, Vancouver has a, such a solid film community. On a, show, on a show like Snowpiercer, do you get the script seven shows in advance, one in advance? No. Like, how does that work? One, 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 one in advance. So you don't know what your character's doing from show to show you don't you don't know because you go to is that is that typical is that typical yeah like yeah. yeah i mean yeah you you go and do your table reads you know usually every week for the next episode and that's when you find out what's going on in the next episode now it's, it's trippy that's, that, that's got to be stressful right? it, it, it like, is because sometimes like, is this what i'm gonna get killed listen, man i had a i had a practical joke on van on van helsing that was done to me by the showrunner not john walker but um neil labute where through the whole two two seasons, all he kept on saying was, um, uh, "Hey, good job. Too bad you're going to be dying soon." Like <laughs> stuff like that, and you're right. like, "Oh man, am I? Well, I don't know. Maybe you might." So sure enough, he put out a script. The twelfth or the, the last episode of season three, he put out a script that basically said um, that I read is like, and Julius runs, and the gate comes down, cuts off his head. I'm like, "That's how you're killing me? A gate cutting <laughs> off? That's how?" And I call him, and I'm like, "Hey, man." Uh, he goes, "Yeah, I was. I meant to call you to let you know, but yeah, sorry. That's what we're doing." And and I'm just trying to play it all cool. I'm like, "Oh, it's okay, man. I'm so happy to be a part of the show this long." And he finally said at the end, he "Goes, gotcha." <laughs> and I went, oh, I went you, wow! You went so far to send to print out a script and send it to all the cast. That's brilliant. It was it was yeah. the best I've ever. Ah, been means he likes you. That's, that's, best that, I've that's ever. The best, he's right? one of my he's one of my best buddies, that's and great. that's the best I've ever been gotten. Alex Ponovic is our guest. I would be remiss if I did not ask you about this. I read that you put on sixty five pounds of pizza mm. and ice cream for a roll. Yeah, sounds pretty good at the end. At, you know, but at the it end was, of the no, day, no, it was good. It was good in the first week. Yeah, and then it was absolutely horrible. Okay, so so is that a recommended way to gain sixty five pounds for a roll, or is that the Alex Ponovic way to gain? 65 pounds. Uh, that, that's, I just went for it. Okay. I went for this role. I played this um, mentally challenged character that was accused of killing Ashton Kutcher's character's sister in the film. It was with Kathy Bates, too. It was, it was a beautiful film. And it was one of those, when we were talking about typecasting, it was one of those that I was never, look, I was like the very last person to be seen. And I was just trying my best to get in that, in that room. 
And when I finally got the role, uh, I felt like, okay, I feel too strong for this character because I've been boxing a ton. So I just, I didn't do one push-up for three months and I ate all that stuff. And, I, and, and it got me into a state where I felt like that character in a way. Um, I don't recommend it. I probably wouldn't do it again in that, the way that I did it. But it was, uh, it was one of those roles that I really wanted to prove that I can wow. do it. So we know how the weight went on. What was the regimen to get the weight just off? Still trying, no. <laughs> but just back to boxing, going back to boxing, yeah. eating, eating better, yeah. What's, um, what would be in your top five uh, films that you could watch repeatedly? Oh, Rocky, for sure. Legends of the Fall. Um, uh, the Seven. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Seven, It's a Wonderful Life, repeatedly. Um, one more, huh? I can't think of one more, but those four for sure. Okay, and um, would you have that bucket list of, I mean, I'm sure there's a, a, a ton of people out there that you would love to work with, but is there any one or two names in particular that you thought, you know, I, I could see myself maybe doing something with, insert name here. I, you know, I've had friends, and, and Jerry Trimble being one of them, who worked with De Niro and Pesci, yeah. or De Niro and, uh, and Pacino. Um, I think that I think that would be awesome. I have a lot of friends that worked with those guys, and those that, that would be pretty great to learn from the best. Well, it's been a pleasure having you oh, uh, in person. Thank you for joining us at Shark Club. It's called Zero Contact. It is the first of its kind, an NFT. And uh, let's come have you back down the road. See what's yeah, going for on. Sure. I'm down, especially these coffees. Thank you so much.